You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, this is episode 363 of Geekiest Show Ever. I'm Elisa Pacelli. Melissa is still working on the house. Hopefully next episode she will be back. But I am not alone. Once again, I have as my co-host, the one, the only, the incomparable, Guy Searle. Hey, hey, you're right. And the angels were, (laughs) ah. Angels. Uh, Maybe angels. (laughs) Might might come from the other direction, but that's okay. Okay. How's it going today, Guy? It is going, it is going well. Had a, a nice long weekend because I've been, I've been working like almost every day. You know, everybody else working from home. I don't get to work from home. I've got to, I've got to go into the office. So, but I had last Friday off. Uh, I was picking up my, my wife and son as they flew back from Idaho. And then I had today off and it was like, this is like the longest break I've had from work in a while. So I'm, I'm tanned. I'm rested. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. Well, we've got you here today to talk about something, a new device that you purchased that yeah. I've never heard of. So we thought we'd have you on the show and you can talk to all of us about it. A Samsung DeX. It's weird. Yeah. It is very, very weird. So um, it's see, DeX is actually, it is not a device. It's, it's a software reinterpretation of android i'm not quite sure how else to describe what it is there was a company a number of years ago called jide that made this little box about this big well you can't really see because this is audio all right everyone pictured that i'm holding my fingers up to a particular size and that was how big this thing was Mm -hmm. and it was it had a hdmi output it had a couple of usb ports it had an audio port had Wi-Fi, had Bluetooth, all built in, and you would plug it into a monitor, and it used uh, Android version four, but as a desktop. So all of the applications that you ran looked mostly like desktop applications. And the the thing that I thought was just so cool about this concept was, right now as people travel, when when we can travel. They go and they bring their laptops and they bring all of the, the peripherals that they need in order to connect this laptop to something else. And, and they're going through all these and carrying all this stuff with them. And something I've wanted for a really, really long time was why are we carrying all this stuff when we have so much power in our phones? Our phones are computers. This is something that seems to get lost in the mix that that these these little devices that we carry in our shirt pockets and our purses and our front pockets it's a little tiny computer it just doesn't have a very big screen and it's somewhat limited with your in and out ports so i always wanted apple to do something like this and they never have however this company jide tried it failed miserably crashed and burned a couple of years go by Samsung, of all companies, makers of, they're probably the number two maker of smartphones in the world today. They have this add-on to their phones starting a couple of years ago 
with this this program called DEX, big D, little E, big X. And all you need is whatever the outbound connection from the phone is to HDMI. So in the case of the phone that I bought, which was the Galaxy S10, uh, it was a flagship phone, I think, in 2019. Picked it up for like $250, $300, something like that. And all I needed to connect it to a monitor was a USB-C to HDMI cable, which is ridiculously cheap. And so I went ahead and I, I got the phone and I have a small, it's a 15.6 inch monitor that I normally connect up to the MacBook Air that I travel with. So it gives me, you know, a somewhat, somewhat of a bigger desktop. And it's a, let's see, I, I don't even have the name of it here. It's just a portable monitor, 15.6 inch, 1920 by 1080. USB-C, it's got like all these different connections on the side of it. Uh, you, you plug it into power with a little brick and then you've got this other monitor that you can connect up to your computer if you want dual monitors on your laptop. Okay. But it, yeah, go ahead. Time out. I just want to make sure mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to visualize this as you're speaking. So <laughs> you, you bought your Samsung phone. Yes. Is the DeX software, is it a yes. separate unit, is a separate unit? Or no, it's software built into the phone. Okay, so the DEX is the software you connect your phone to the monitor. Mm -hmm. what and do there's you, nothing else that you need to do. There's some settings key, that you have to change. So you don't have an actual keyboard. You just use the phone like you would an iPhone. You can. However, remember, smartphones have Bluetooth. So if you want to carry a, a small portable uh, keyboard, and a small portable mouse, which I do anyway, even when I'm carrying around a laptop, then you have a, a, a full computer. Okay. You have the monitor, you have the keyboard, you have a mouse okay. and your computer is this phone. Okay. Continue. So, <laughs> um, the more I looked into it, the more it was like, okay, well, what can I do that? Well, what can I buy? that will make this even easier to use. And I found this USB-C docking station that works with multiple Samsung phones. It has uh, USB, HDMI, USB 3, USB 2, USB 1.1, uh, SD card slot, uh, TF, which is basically mini SD card slot. And it folds down into itself and it's, it's, it's just this little square thing. And it also has uh, USB-C power in, so it'll power your phone at the same time that it's pushing video out to some other type of monitor. It's like $33. So you can also use this to charge your phone, whether it's connected to something else or not. But it's, it's just this, this, this little dock thing that I believe, and I haven't tried it yet, is, is still stuff I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to experiment with, with going through this. I want to connect up an audio interface to it, of course, because I have to have microphones involved well, with some, some microphones, you know, that's a given. Yeah. Uh, also I want to connect up a, um, uh, webcam and try it with like zoom and try it with, you know, all these, these different programs that, that, and, and, you know, I'm kind of a special case in so many ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I use a lot of software that a lot of people 
don't. But I wanted to take this from the perspective of just a, a regular person. What are you using your computer for? So I've got Microsoft Office on it, and it's got, you know, desktop uh, menus and, and the ribbon and all the rest of that stuff that you expect with the various Microsoft Office programs. Uh, I've tried it with, and the odd thing is I, I have put the Chrome browser on it, but it only gives you a single tab. You can't multi multi-tab with Chrome. And I've tried a couple of other browsers, and the only one that allows you to multi-tab is the browser that's built into the Samsung phone, which oddly enough is called Internet, which kind of was like, okay, well, truth in advertising, I guess. Huh. So, yeah, you can do multi multiple tabs in the browser using their Internet browser. Uh, you've got Skype. You've got – I actually considered for tonight to hook all this stuff up with a microphone. And, and to do this via the, the Samsung phone and this Dex uh, environment, but I didn't want to make it any more complicated than, than, than I usually than do. Than it already is, right? Than it already <laughs> is. It already is. So you, I've got this, this little docking station that has all of the, the typical ins and outs that you would need for a regular computer, and it folds down into this little tiny, this little tiny square I've got a 15.6 inch monitor that I can use. Uh, you can use the keyboard that's in on the phone, and you can also use it as a um, as a scrolling uh, scrolling surface for to do mouse work and all the rest of that. But mostly, you'll you'll probably want to use a, a regular type of keyboard and a regular type of mouse with something like this. But all of this stuff is is cheap, relatively easy to find, and very very reliable. Um, now, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've, I've, I have tried it with, with various different things. Like I said, um, oh, almost forgot to talk about this. You can actually connect your phone to a computer running Windows or the Mac OS and use it in kind of a simulated environment within both of those. Now, I've tried it with, I haven't tried it with Windows, but I did connect it to my M1 Mac Mini. And it worked. It worked great. I was able to see the the entire Dex desktop, and and it worked a treat. So, um, one of the things that makes it less than ideal, however, is most of most phones have somewhat limited storage. So, you know, most people buy phones that has 128 or 256 gigs of storage. But from within the Dex environment, you can also use something like Dropbox, Google Drive. OneDrive and through the browser, even iCloud hmm. from Apple. So you have okay. as much online storage as you may want for this phone without having, as long as you have connectivity, without having to go through, you know, go and get a phone that has a, a terabyte of storage on it. Some of the other things that I've found that it also runs, it runs all the Google apps, of course, it runs the Samsung apps. Uh, there's also apps. For Zoom, GoToMeeting, Slack, Parallels Access, uh, Cisco WebEx meetings, VMware, it, all of these things. Slack, Zoom, Dropbox. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a great little environment for people whose needs are not specific to, like, this isn't something I would want to, to do uh, on a regular basis, a podcast. 
because it would just get it would just get a little hinky after a while. And I like having a great big, you know, two 27 inch monitors with with all of the stuff because, you know, I'm crazy that way. Uh, something that let me see here. Uh, I've got a ton of notes here. Now, there are some some downsides to this as far as these applications go. The applications, if they rely almost entirely on touch, they're not going to work that well in the DeX environment. But most Android apps that I have tried have somewhat of a different environment that you can run them in. So if you go full screen with a lot of these apps, it'll look pretty much just like a desktop app. It doesn't always work, but for the most part it does. And it's the crazy thing is it's remarkably easy to use. If you've used any kind of windowing OS, all the pieces that you expect to see are there. There's a and it it does take a little while to get used to. There's an app launcher uh, on the bottom of the screen that looks a lot like uh, Apple's launch pad. And in order to get to it, you have to trigger it. Now at the bottom left corner where the start menu is in Windows, there's this thing, it kind of looks like a waffle. It's these nine dots. You click on that, it opens into a full screen with all of the available applications that you have on the phone. However many pages of apps that you have, and you can just scroll, you can just scroll right, right through them. And it's, it's, it works amazingly well, at least as far as that goes. Um, the other thing you can do is you can create folders within that environment. So if you have, like, you could have a folder, kind of like the same thing that, um, uh, what is that called in iOS and iPadOS, where you've got all the apps on the same screen? You can kind of get out of the the app library. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the app library where you've got folders with all these different types of apps, yeah. except you kind of determine where you want to put those apps mm -hmm. and what you want to name the folders. So that that is it's it's just it's a different type of, of environment than I think most Apple users are used to. And you can have. Also, there, there's this thing called recents, which as it's as it kind of the name kind of kind of uh, kind of suggests is a call up of the most recent applications applications showing the last eight with four additional callbacks. So unless you open up a whole lot of apps at any given time, you can very quickly and easily get back to that application without having to go through all the different kinds of hoops that you normally do. Uh, there's a home button that minimizes all of the applications currently open. And we're talking about multiple, you can have as many apps as you want that'll fit onto the screen all at the same time. And in order to, to kind of control that, there's a home button that when you hit that, it minimizes everything. Uh, at the center part of, of the desktop is kind of a dock, except you can't put shortcuts to applications there. It basically is just a shortcut to all of the open applications that you may have. And it's very minimalistic. Everything that I'm talking about here is very minimalistic because it's trying to do as much as it can with somewhat limited resources of a smartphone. And Samsung, I mean, I'm not the, the greatest fan of Samsung, but they have done something that I think is really, really magical. And it, this has been around for a while and I've wanted to try it. 
but it's only been recently that uh, I've had the wherewithal to to put all the pieces together to do it. And uh, of of the the, the applications I've tried so far, of course, the Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and Excel. And the only weird thing about those programs that I've found is it has an odd habit of not showing the ribbon until you hit the drop-down arrow on the left side. Uh, and there's also, now, and remember, these are the mobile versions of these apps. Not all apps work the way that, that you expect them to. I, I, there's an audio app that I really like for the Mac uh, through a service called Spreaker. It is not set up very well for Dex. You can get the full screen version, but you can't access the entire interface. Uh, Slack works really well. Dropbox works really well. OneDrive works really well. Adobe Acrobat works the way that you would think it should. Um, and again, like I said, I'm going to connect up an audio interface to it, maybe a USB microphone to see how well I can record with it. I'm just kind of it's again, it's not something I'd want to do on a daily basis, but I, I do want to give it a try. And editing itself might be might be problematic, but I will also try it. Now, not everything is is roses. The phone itself, it's a Samsung Galaxy S10 with 128 gigs of storage. And it is reasonably fast. However, I I guess I have to say I'm kind of spoiled because I've been using Apple products for a very, very long time. And there are certain things that I expect devices to do right out of the box. This doesn't always do that. There's, there's quirks to it that regular Android users will understand that Apple just kind of sets up and does for you. Now I did get a, a a cheap wireless service for it so that I could try it as just a phone. And one of the things that I was most looking forward to trying it or trying it with was in the car with Android Auto. It is just not as good, in my opinion, as Apple's CarPlay. Uh, some things work pretty well. Google Maps and Waze works really well. But one of the things that I have trouble with that really, really struggled was was just getting music to come out of this phone through my car speakers. Now that could also be because of the wireless service that I have it with. I, I have a certain purple company that I use with my iPhone that is nationwide and works reasonably well in most places. Uh, this is not that service. This service, I don't want to say who they are, but uh, it, it can be minty fresh and their spokesman um, is, is an actor that uh, has done certain superhero movies whose name I won't mention. So how much of it is the fact that the service isn't quite as robust as the purple service as far as music goes, I, I couldn't really say. But I have to say that first impressions, and again, I haven't completed my experimenting with this, is mostly positive. Okay, two observations. Mm -hmm. um, one, it sounds like, unless I misunderstand you, it sounds like it works better if you're working with cloud-based apps. Because based on the amount of storage you have on that Samsung phone, you may not have the storage to keep documents, etc., on the phone. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. It, it would work better with 
it, it, it like the if you can save all of your stuff to on device storage, of course, that's going to be faster. But for anything that's going to be collaborative, which is pretty much a given anyway, yeah, you're best going off with some kind of of cloud service that's reasonable and reliable for the stuff that you might want to use something like this for. Yeah, the Microsoft OneDrive or the Google Drive or something like to that effect. Yeah. And then streaming music like Pandora or Spotify or something like that. Yeah, they they work okay. Um, I have free accounts with, with most of those, and I was having trouble getting uh, Apple Music to work with it. I don't – I'm not sure why since I was going through their recommended interface for, for using Apple Music on an Android device. So, I, you know, maybe it was the service that I had. Um, but it, it was, you know, music, getting music to come out of this thing to whatever speakers you wanted it to come out of was kind of a mixed bag. What about podcasts? Have you tried Overcast or Downcast or any, any of those podcast players? I do have, there is, I, I can't remember the name of it. I do have a podcast aggregator on the phone. And, uh, I, I just put, I put the, the, the MyMac podcasting network uh, feed on it, which of course includes this show and, and the MyMac podcast and so many others, um, as well as um, the Mac Geek Gab show, uh, Mac and Forth show, Carl Madden over there in the UK. And every single one of them that I brought up, other than the, the delay of for it to start, and again, I don't know if that was because of the service. Yeah, it worked, it worked fine. You know, I, if, if you're on an iPhone, and you're kind of balking at the cost that comes along with owning an iPhone, because it's not just the phone. It's also all the various services that go along with it. And that's another, if you, if you go full um, Apple, Apple, what is it? Apple one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you go full Apple one, that's $30 a month on top of however much you're paying a month for your phone. And the, the nice thing about something like Apple One is it includes pretty much everything. And it all, for the most part, it's not certainly not perfect and there are certainly hiccups, but for the most part, it, it works really, really well. So when you go into the Android world, everything is separate. Everything, you know, there, there's no really one program or service that you can go to that's going to have all your music and, and all your photos and, and all your podcasts and, and everything along those lines, because that's just not the way Android is, is built up. Speaking of photos, have you tested that out? Yeah, the camera's okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a two-year-old smartphone. But so where do the, the pictures go? I mean, do they live on the device? Do they have a cloud that you can send them to? Like we have iCloud? There is a, there are a couple of services that Samsung provide and photo storage is one of them, but I, I was very, very reluctant to sign up for, for too many Android only services just because I, I wanted to make sure I had the separation between my Apple stuff and this new stuff that I'm trying out. I, I don't want to suddenly find that, that all of my pictures are now 
on some other service that I may not have intended them to be on because I didn't click all the right buttons and settings. And that's the, that's like my takeaway of Android is it's just harder to set up as compared to, to dealing with the same kind of stuff with Apple. And again, that's, this isn't a, a condemnation of Android. This is just saying it's, it's a different type of environment. Devil's advocate though. Yeah. You're saying that it's a little bit more difficult to set up Android than it is for Apple, but could that be because you are just so used to Apple that it's oh, second certainly. nature now that if, if you were brand new to both, it might be just as hard or just as easy to do both. Very, yeah. That, you know, that, we have that's... that bias. I mean, I think you've been with Apple longer than I have, but I've been doing it for 1987, <laughs> ni ni 1992 yeah. is when I got my first Apple computer. So we've, you know, for, you know, my husband will watch an amazement. He'll say, well, how do I do this? I'm like, T -t 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 done. And he just looks, he goes, you did it too fast for me to see how you did that. You got to <laughs> do it again. So, you know, we're just used to it. We know what to do. Yeah. We know where to look for things where when I'm on a windows environment, I'm the one that's like drooling. Like he'll, you know, his work computer <laughs> is windows and I'll go, well, how do I find this? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm because of where I work, where it's, it's an all windows environment. So over the, over the course of, of years, I have made myself reasonably fluent in windows as well as dealing with, with the Mac OS. Um, but Android is, is completely different from both of those, even, even windows with all of the, of the kind of quirks that you can run into with, with trying to deal with problems in windows. When you finally find the solution, you're kind of like, oh, okay. So it does it like, like this over in Apple, but it does it like this in Windows, but it still makes sense. With Android, it's like you finally find the solution and you're like, well, why, why the hell did they do that? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. And will and, I remember next time I have to do it? <laughs> I, well, when you're, you know, because I'm going to be, I'm going to be 61 this year. And I, I have to kind of ask myself, how many more operating system quirks am I going to be able to remember? Because <laughs> right now, I am, I am as probably so many people are, uh, as, as people have switched from Windows to the Mac, and they know that you as a family member have Mac knowledge, all of the calls, all of the emails, and, you know, looking free tech support and, mm -hmm. and I'm not complaining because that it's in my nature. My wife actually bought me a Superman shirt with a little tiny Cape <laughs> because that that's, that's my nature. I want, I want to help people get through as best that I can, whatever kind of technical problems that they may have. It's why some of the videos that I have on YouTube is going through uh, rogue amoebas apps loopback and audio hijack pro and, and, uh, and a few others. And I show people in those videos, well, how do I connect up this hardware? How do I connect up these audio programs and have it go through audio hijack and then, and then transition it out through loopback and, and, you know, go to all these other services. And it's like, oh, well, you just got to do this. And I take them through it. I do it because I, want to help people. I actually run a help desk at the moment and it's probably about the perfect job for me 
because I don't know if it's because I have some inherent thing in my life that says, I want to be loved. And one of the ways that I can be loved is to help people. Or if it's just because it's like, well, I know how to do this thing mm -hmm. and you don't. So I'm going to show you how to do it. And hopefully the next time that you need to do it, you'll remember this way to do it and you won't need my help. And as a, a technician, many, many, many years ago, I would run into these guys who would be like, well, if you know how to do what I do, then why do they need me? And I, I never understood that attitude. It's like one of your jobs as a senior technician is to show the junior technicians how to do the stuff that you do. Because let's say you've made some custom giga and you've got it installed and you're the only one who knows how it works. And then you get hit by a bus. The poor schlob that's got to come after you to fix your giga is going to be <laughs> clueless. Right. And it's like, just show people if you're good at what you do, don't worry about if they're going to replace you. Because if you're good at what you do, you can always find work. Right. So I help people. That's what I do. You know, it, I, I, I don't judge about that anyway. You know, it's, it's <laughs> like everybody has, everybody has their niche. Everybody has the things that they're good at, or at least the things that they want to be good at. And if you are good at something, well, then why not show people how to do it? You know, it, it's one of the, and I know we're going so completely off topic from where no we started. No way. I know. It's so crazy, right? This, this is not, this things, is so unlike you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it, it's one of the things that I love about the Mac Geek Gab podcast with Dave Hamilton and John F. Braun is that they bring that same attitude to their podcast. They're like, okay, you've contacted us with this issue. We are going to show you how to do that. We're going to, everyone's going to learn five new things before this show is over with. And I love that show. And I tell people about that show all the time. And I hope that Dave and John never get tired of doing that show. My show, on the other hand, is a satirical and comedic look, for the most part, of technology and the Apple world in general. Because there are so many really, really good shows out there that talk about Apple news and will, and will walk you through all of the various things that's going on in the world of Apple today. But there's so few tech shows that are done with a comic twist. And if there's one thing that Gaz and I have done consistently over the, the 11 years, 11 years, can you believe that? I know. 11 years that we've been doing the MyMac podcast is if you listen to our show, are you going to learn something new? I don't know. You know, what else do you listen to? But you will probably, before that show is over, have a smile on your face. And quite and, often I'm yelling at my phone because you're going, oh, what was the name of that actor again? And I'm going, yeah. you know, Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise, Tom you Cruise. stupid. How do you it's not know dumb, that? You balding piece of... So... That's, that's me. I want to help people and I want to make them laugh. And now, Elisa, you've met me many times. Yeah. I am not a small person. No. I'm a very big person. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the things that I've discovered as a defense mechanism so that people don't look at me like I'm, I'm Ted Cassidy, oh, sorry, Lurch from yeah. the Adams I knew who you meant. That's how old uh, well, I am. You did. That's how old <laughs> I am. <laughs> but right now, there are people listening to this show going, Ted Cassidy, who the, who the flippity flap is Ted Cassidy? Um, is humor. And to, to put yourself out there, to put yourself front and center, it's like you don't have to worry about me being a jerk. Because I will always, always try to not be a jerk. I don't always succeed but I always make the effort. <laughs> so I said I had two observations. Yes. First one we talked about. Side. Yep, full circle. The second one is, why is it I have never heard of Dex? It sounds like it's something halfway decent for Samsung users to be able to go online with their phones. Why is it I've never heard of it? Because for whatever reason, Samsung's laser focus isn't on decks. Um, and the other thing is, as I've said, it doesn't work for everything. The problem that Samsung has, especially with something like decks, is that they control the hardware. They don't control the, hard, the software. They don't control the operating system. That's Google's operating system. And I've always, for as long as I've been thinking about this program, I've always wondered, because Samsung owns Tizen, I think is the name of it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an operating system for mobile devices that was built off of, it was some company that tried to go become like the third standard after iOS and Android and just failed miserably. Uh, Samsung bought what was left of them. It may have been related to Palm or something like that. And with the, the marketing power that, that Samsung has, I always wondered why didn't they just come out with a Tizen phone? You go to the, the big tech companies, the companies that most people want to want apps applications for um, Facebook and Instagram and even, even, even Google because you know, Google doesn't care about their own platform. It's, it's just a means to an end. And that means to the end is your information. So why wouldn't they make apps for another platform? They did it with Apple. Apple, you know, Google search is the default search engine on the Mac OS. And they pay Apple to do that. So why wouldn't they just do it for some other company? Same thing with, with, Microsoft, you know, all of these big companies that have applications that the the ninety nine percent of the people out there want to use, they don't honestly. I don't think they particularly care what platform it is that it's presented on, as long as it's on a platform that works reasonably well for them at a, at a reasonable cost. And Samsung can deliver all of that. They've got their own fabs for processors. They've got their own designs for phones. They've got their own operating system. They've got this windowing operating system that, that they could basically say, you know, instead of going out and buying a laptop computer or a desktop computer and a phone and a tablet and all this other stuff, 
you buy this phone and you buy this docking station and you 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 put the phone in the docking station and you've got a desktop computer you don't have to have another computer you don't have to have something else that you have to manage in your life everything cuz i mean let's face it everything that we do these days is on your phone right so you just answered another a question i was just thinking about oh okay uh, is, <laughs> would this be similar to buying a samsung tablet you could well it it's not that far away from it and but I, I, again it's it's yet another device that yeah. you have to manage so if you've got a a 15.6 inch screen the same size as you know most decent laptops and you can use that as a laptop computer you can use it as a tablet computer you can use it as a desktop computer all from one device and samsung has all of the tools and i, I sound like a like a flipping cheerleader for samsung mm -hmm. right now but they're doing something with Dex and with some of the other things they do that is truly innovative. The problem is I don't think that they have the faith in their own, in their own devices as someone like me who is looking at a bigger picture when it comes to technology. Okay. Now this might be a totally different direction because what? I'm not familiar with this particular product, but how would this compare to using a raspberry Pi or is that like, two different subjects that have nothing to do with each other. The Raspberry Pi are great little single use, and I know people are gonna probably flip out. Uh, they're, they're mostly good for single use tasks. Like Tim Robertson uses his as like a game machine. Uh, people use use them as really kind of, of back-end devices so that they don't have to sit there and watch these other processes. The Raspberry Pi says, well, you've met, because it is a computer, you have met this certain criteria of things that, that need to happen before I go and do this other thing. And Raspberry Pis excel at that in a very, very small space at a very, very low cost. Um, smartphones are really kind of a completely different animal. I mean, if you look at the motherboard that Apple has in the, the M1 Mac Mini or in the M1 uh, MacBook Air or, or any of their M1 machines, it's, it's super small. It's really, really small. It's, it's a minimalist design. And because, because now that they've gotten away from all of the extra stuff that you need with x86 or the extra stuff that you needed with PowerPC, they're going to a more minimalist design. And since you don't have to have separate little slots for RAM and you don't have to have separate little slots for storage and separate little slots for this and separate little slots for that, they're basically going, okay, well, here's the processor. It's got all the graphics power that you really need. It's got the built-in RAM. And it's got a, a neural engine for, for machine learning. And it's got the GPU. It's got the CPU. And it's all built into one. And the advantage of that, of course, and it's why you don't need as much RAM as something like x86 needs, is that everything is talking to everything else all at the same time. And it's all integrated. So if you have a bad 
piece of RAM in one of your slots, your whole computer is going to die. And you won't really know why until you break it apart, start looking for that, that one piece that, that, that's just not good. Well, Apple took that away. They said, okay, well, here's a processor. It's got everything already built on it. Well, I want to add more RAM. Sorry, can't do that. But I want to. Why? You don't have to. Because 16 gigs of RAM, even 8 gigs of RAM, for 99.9% .9 of the tasks that you're going to ask this computer to do, because it's integrated with the CPU and the GPU and everything else, is going to be all you need. It's, it, and it's, real world tests have shown this. You know, people using, I use DaVinci with my M1 Mac Mini, and it's so much faster than anything I was able to do with my 2017 iMac that had 48 gigs of RAM and a, and two, and a two terabyte hard drive and a 4.2 gigahertz i7, you know, four core processor in it. And this M1 Mac Mini just blows it away. Did I answer the question? I see, I don't know. I'm, I'm here's back. the thing. I I I'm get lost on. <laughs> I get lost on the question and the answer, and then I go off in other directions. The answer is seven. <laughs> seven forty-two. It's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. You know, I'm probably the only person on the face of the earth that has never read that book. Oh, that's such a good book. Is that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Is that science that series fiction? Is, um, is that science fiction? It's, no, it's a. It's a satirical look at science fiction and the human condition and how you can apply the human condition to aliens and the stupid things that they do in relation to the stupid things that humans do. Okay. I am putting that on my list right now. It is such a good book. If you like it, you'll end up reading the other four books in the trilogy. It's the only five book trilogy in the world today. So... Anything you want to add before we wrap up that portion? Uh, no. If you have, if you already, now I'm not recommending that people go out and buy a Samsung phone and all the stuff that I'm talking about here in order to try this because you may not like it. You know, it, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and Samsung could pull the plug on it tomorrow. But if you already have a Samsung Galaxy phone or any of the other devices that are compatible with DeX. And you can go to the Samsung site, just look up Samsung DeX and there'll be a, they have a site there that has all the compatible devices for it. And the links um, will be in the show notes. Yeah. I've got links to all that. But if you, if you already have the phone, then for the price of a HDMI to USB-C or whatever kind of cable connects up to that Samsung phone, you can have a desktop experience with just what's on your phone and give it a try. You might like it, you know, and everybody these days, I know, here I go, here I go. Everybody has a spare USB, uh, not USB, uh, spare Bluetooth keyboard and a spare Bluetooth mouse that they can just use and just throw it onto <laughs> this device. Every I, everybody. Does. I have two. I have. Oh God. I have two blue. I don't have as many as I do microphones, but who could? I have two Bluetooth keyboards and two Bluetooth mice. Yeah. Well, if you're not using one and you have a Samsung phone, give it a try. Don't have that. What's it gonna hurt? Eh. Give it a shot. What's it gonna hurt? Eh. What the hell? Yeah. So. 
you want to give us before we wrap up um mm-hmm. if for, for listeners who uh, also listen to you on the mymac.com uh, podcast yes and we're very sorry my, my condolences but <laughs> <laughs> they've heard the saga of the desk yes any updates on the desk the desk i finally have my uh it required me to spend shocker more money <laughs> i needed to get a couple of lifts for the two jbl audio monitors that i have and fortunately i have a friend i have a friend in the biz who um works at a particular music store and i can get a family discount so that was cost me a little bit less than, than i really needed but right now i've got my intel mac mini and my m1 mac mini some various USB-C peripherals, my uh, Yamaha mixer, my DBX286 audio processors, some Behringer processors, a Behringer uh, audio interface, a couple of Dell 27-inch 4K monitors. My, even though this isn't a, a video show, my my Sony A5100 with a what is it F 1.624 millimeter lens on it. It's, re, re, you know, just, I could have, re, you know, we were talking about this before we started about retiring. If I would just stop buying all of this stuff, I could probably have retired years ago. I was just going to say, you're not going to yeah. retire anytime soon, are you? <laughs> I am a gadget hound. Yeah, I definitely am. I can't help it. It's it's in my nature, along with being remarkably funny, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I'm a gadget hound, too, but not to the extent that you are. I like the new phones. I like the new iPads. But yeah. I don't my my thing is I don't want to go too far off the beaten path like the decks, like the Raspberry Pi, because then I get sucked in and then I buy yeah. all the paraphernalia that go with it. You know, like, yes. as you know, you can see behind me. I'm a knitter, crocheter, quilter. I do all that. I would love to try weaving, but then what's going to happen? I'll buy a big loom, and then I'll buy the yarn that goes with that, and then I'll buy the <laughs> books that go with that, and then I'll take the classes that go with that. As long as you make me a serape, I'm fine. Yeah, with you it. know, it's like I will get sucked in, and I will buy all <laughs> the paraphernalia that is involved. It's like you know something. Got to stop. I mean, I I used to do uh, decoupage and. Um, woodworking and all these other things. And finally, I said, you know something? Stop. Too much. And I still have cross-stitch. I do that every now and then. But cross-stitch takes a long time. But I buy everything that goes with it. And I would do the same thing with technology. Yeah. It's why I I have stayed away from 3D printing. Because there is not enough room in this house for everything that I would probably need or everything I would think that I needed to do 3D printing. Uh, I've stayed away from so many aspects of technology other than audio and video, because I know it would just take up significant parts of my life that I just can't afford to do anymore. Right. It's a money issue. And plus we are in the process of downsizing and time too. And I always wonder I don't work outside the house. I don't have enough time every day as it is between, you know, doing whatever, you know, just running the house and trying to read a book and 
knit and get caught up on TV shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What would Podcast. I, yeah. What would I do if I had an actual job? <laughs> I, you know, there's no time as it is. And we're in the process of cleaning and throwing things out because we want to downsize next year. I, not a good time to go out and buy a big old weaving loom yeah. or My more technology. My wife doesn't listen to any of the shows that I do, which is why I'm able to say things like, she's a hoarder. We have so much crap in this house. From her mother's house when she moved out to Idaho, after her grandmother died, and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. But the real problem, according to my wife, is the 20-year-old Mac, desktop Mac, that's in the closet over here. That's the problem. That, my, that mine's sitting the on the problem. porch. My 2001 G3 Blue iMac. It's sitting I've on got the porch. A quick silver desktop. I don't remember what year that was from. That uh, I actually got. I, I know we're still recording and and we're just telling stories at this point. Um, it was the early days of my dealings with mymac.com. Uh, mymac.com used to be much more focused on product reviews and, and things along those lines, but everybody got busy. So it's now most of what you see on my Mac these days are podcasts right. and, and that's fine because that's a, there's a lot of really good information that you can get from that. But one of the things that I got to do a review on was a dual 1.8 gigahertz G4 uh, plug-in processor for my 933 Quicksilver G4 tower. And so that's that's what's sitting over there right now, along with a 300 megahertz beige desktop that still uses SCSI. Remember SCSI? Remember the 20, was it called the 2400 modem? Yeah. 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 Well, we were cleaning these 45 gallon tubs yesterday out of the garage that I haven't uh -huh. looked at in 35 years. <laughs> I found birthday cards from when I was four years old. <laughs> given to me when I was four years old. I'm like, I, I can't throw them away. I just can't. Letters from my grandma who died in 1976. I'm like, I can't throw these away. I found, God knows why I kept it, the modem. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> that went into the trash heap. Yeah, that, but that was I'm okay. Like, You're okay with I'm that. I'm looking at it going, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> like, you remember a service called Prodigy? Yeah, I use Prodigy, AOL. Sears, Sears and um, IBM, I think. Prodigy? Sears oh, and Roebuck, the department store. And CompuServe, yeah. Yeah. Well, Prodigy, when they first started out, would give you, I think it was a, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember the speeds. It was 300, 600, 1200, 2400, and it worked it's all, all the way up to 56K before modems finally went away. This was like a, a 12 or maybe a 14.4 modem that they gave you along with the service. And it was a crappy, crappy service. It was terrible. Yeah. But I, I quit it as soon as I could, but I kept the modem because that was, that was my main way of getting online, uh, especially in the early days with AOL. Oh, I mean, yeah. Every single magazine had, 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 had floppy yeah. drive. Mm -hmm. floppy drive three and a half inch floppy okay drive. we're showing our age we need to wrap we up. are okay <laughs> good. okay we're gonna come back to the topic because right. because it's very rare guy that you ever stray <laughs> <I> stray. 
if my name wasn't Guy, it would be Stray. Yeah, it would. How yeah. can people get in touch with you? You can get a hold of it. It's so, so very easy. I have two different Twitter accounts. I am Mac Pettit. And Squawk. I am also, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm also Vert Shark. That's both over there on the Twitters. I have a website, vertshark.com, where you can see all of the audios and all of the videos when I get around to finally putting them there. Uh, you can go to you, the tubes of you and plug in Vert Shark and see all the videos there. And you can like, share, subscribe. Did you see it the first time? I did. Like, share, subscribe. Well, he's, you saw it. He's flipping Nobody me uh, some fingers. Well, yeah, but in the correct order, <laughs> not, not in the bad order. If you'd like to help contribute to the ever-going madness that is my obsession with technology, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Mac Parrot. You can go to coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Or you can pay a pal by going on over to paypal.me forward slash Mac Parrot. And if you'd like to hear more of the nonsense that I do, download and subscribe the mymac.com podcast that I do nearly every week with uh, with Gaz. And we've been doing that show for 11 years now. Uh, the show itself is older than that, but that's when we took it over. Uh, what else? There's also, of course, Guy's Daily Drive, where I drive in my car and say stuff while I'm driving, which is not at all a dangerous thing to do. No. And that's, that's kind of it. Oh, Guy at MyMac.com. Okay, well, Guy, thank you so much for coming on to Geeky Show Ever. And Are you exhausted? I need to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> I do that to people. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on and explaining Dex. And there, uh, all me. the links will be in the show notes so that you can just go to geekyshowever.com and uh, check out the show notes and then you can get some more information about about Guy and about Dex. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at geekyshowever.com. You can send your questions and your comments, including audio. You can tweet us at geekyshow with your feedback. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at elisapaselli1. Melissa is at the Mac Mommy, or you can find her on her website, themacmommy.com. Finally, there is a contact tab on our website. Fill out the form. The message will go to both Melissa and me. And hopefully she will be back next episode. Things will have settled for her. Right now, the biggest issue is finding a place where she can set up her recording equipment and record in silence. That's what she's facing right now. So hopefully next time Melissa will be back. But until then, we thank you so much for listening. And please stay safe. On the MyMag.com podcast. And how could they contact you, Gaz? (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't speak Parrot, that's Gaz at MyMag.com, G-A-Z at MyMag.com, and you can also reach him on the Twitters at Twitter.com forward slash Gazmez, G-A-Z, M-A-Z, and we have a combined Twitter account, which is twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz, G-U-I-A-N-D-G-A-Z. <laughs> and if, if you wanted to let Fearless Leader know that you don't speak Parrot, you can let him know that by sending an email to feedback at mymac.com, no Zed. <laughs>
You're listening to the G-Men.